0: When I was pregnant with our second child, I went in for what should have been a routine ultrasound appointment, and in that appointment, we discovered that our daughter had what they thought was a severe genetic anomaly. They referred us to a genetic specialist in Portland, Oregon. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about why I trust in the providence of God and why we should always honor what God says over what man says. Stick around. This is the Heidi St. John Podcast, and I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, hey, everybody. First of all, before I jump into my topic today, I want to say thanks for everybody who keeps writing into me. I told you I have a word for 2024 and I'm going to be sharing it with you guys on uh, on the January 1st podcast. I do think I let it slip though. Sorry, my bad. Some of, you are, some of you guys are like, oh, hey, I already know what that is. But I'm hearing from some of you who are writing in to tell me what your word is for 2024. And I love hearing that. You guys can submit those to me. Just write to me at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. And I'm thinking I'm going to share those words on the podcast because I think it's something really good for us to think about. What would God have us do as we enter into a brand new year? How does he want our lives to look different? What should our purpose be in 2024? And just ask the Lord, Lord, do you have something special for me? Angela in California has already written in, and Angela, I'm going to give you a shout out today because I love this. Uh, She said in a recent podcast, you asked what the word of the new year will be, and my word is intentional intentional in how I spend my time, my time in the word and in life giving things, intentional in how I spend my money. Is it going to a woke business? There's a good question. Am I being wasteful? Intentional in the words I speak? Are my words building up or tearing down? I wanna be intentional in living for Jesus, not passive. Thanks for asking a thought-provoking question. So I would love to hear your word if you want to submit it to me. Just go to HeidiStjohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. There's a form there for you to fill out. You're also going to notice we've got some pretty big changes happening at the website. So check it out. HeidiStjohn.com and firmlyplantedfamily.org. We'd love to hear from you guys. It's important, I think, as we move into different seasons that we are and I love this word Angela that we're intentional about how God would have us uh interact with the people that are around us. I think so often our words are anything but intentional. We tend to say things. At least I do this where I I just think to myself after the word, you know, spilled out of my mouth or whatever it is, I just think, "Ooh, I could have done that. You know, I could have done that better." And I think God would have us, because like I've said before, and I think this is going to bear out to be true in 2024, we don't know what is coming in 2024. And I heard a, a, a newscaster, of course, this is absolutely true because it you know, came from CNN and I can't think of her name. She's been around forever. Uh, really short hair, beautiful eye makeup. I always think this when I see her. But anyway, she said, because they were going around the circle at, at uh, at CNN, just talking about what did they think was going to happen in the next year? Did they have, you know, uh, the, the words they would use to be like, you know, premonition or something like that. And she said that she had a dark feeling about 2024. She felt like it was going to be a, like a black swan moment in the United States. And she referenced, of course, the elections and how, you know, they feel like, you know, Donald Trump's a criminal, whatever. And I, I thought it was so interesting. I don't want to go into a new year with any kind of an idea about what's going to happen, because we don't know, I and mean, the Bible's very clear, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow, for goodness sake. But we do know that God is going to be there whatever comes in 2024. And uh, as I was finishing up writing my study in the book of Esther, which I hope you guys will join me. I'm very excited to be taking you guys through this. That will start on the 2nd of January. And so uh, we want to just invite you to join me. You can sign up at faith that And uh, we have a really active Facebook community. You can join the Facebook community once you get uh, into the Bible study subscription. But I was writing the sort of epilogue to the book of Esther, to our study in Esther. And Esther is really a story of God's provision. It's a story of God intervening, even though God is never mentioned in the book of Esther. His fingerprints are all over it. You can't miss it. I mean, this is this, uh, this incredible story of courage and faith in the midst of what would have been an absolutely devastating event for the Jews. God entered into the story. And God has entered into your story. As you're listening to this, I'm sure you can think of times when when the Lord has shown himself faithful and entered into a season of your life or into a moment. I think of this often uh, when I think of our daughter, Summer, and the car accident she was in about a month and a half ago. We still haven't figured out how to replace your car, but we'll figure that out. (laughs) But seeing her car on its side in the intersection, knowing that she'd been broadsided by a car going didn't he, you know just blew through a stop sign that could have been the end of her life but god has a bigger plan for summer one that extended beyond the days of that particular accident and that's how god is the bible teaches us in psalms that our days have been ordained for us before we took a single breath life belongs to the lord and i i think back often to the day that we got the news about our daughter sierra that they believed because of an AFP test which you know this is a, a an event for a different podcast i'm not a huge fan <laughs> of uh, all of these genetic tests because oftentimes they're wrong and i believe that there have been many many children who have been murdered in this country because of a faulty test and that probably could have been the case with my family as well we had a simple afp test and alpha fetal protein test some of you are familiar with it it tests for down syndrome and other genetic anomalies and our test came back with a troubling result and so in oregon at the time we'd referred to a genetic specialist at a hospital in downtown portland and we were there to confirm whether or not our unborn baby had this heart anomaly And then they wanted to continue with more testing and and things didn't look good. And I remember watching her moving on the screen. This beautifully formed, full of life, little tiny human being kicking and hiccuping and and moving from side to side on the screen. I've never, by the way, ever uh, gotten tired of watching our children on an ultrasound. There's something so special about just that little peek into what's happening inside of you. And with every heartbeat, we loved her more. We loved this little tiny baby. I mean, as soon as I see a positive uh, result on a pregnancy test, I am just in love. I feel protective for that little one. I feel thankful. I feel um, blessed because that's all the things that God says little ones are but the prognosis that they had given us for Sierra wasn't wasn't encouraging and i remember just sitting there with my husband in sort of this awkward silence as this genetic ultrasound technician ran the transponder over my belly and continued to just look at the screen but not say much to me it was it was it was really Uh, It was very scary. After the testing was over, we were sent down to a sterile office, and in that office, a geneticist told us that they recommended that we terminate the life of our unborn baby. We weren't sure at the the moment exactly what was wrong. It looked as if she had a hole in her heart. The measurements of her legs were off. They were concerned that there might be other things aside from the very likely, the, the very strong possibility that she also had Down syndrome. And I remember just looking at this doctor thinking, first of all, Down syndrome is never a reason to take the life of a child. Uh, I have a niece with Down syndrome and she's one of the most delightful people uh, that I've ever met. She's a wonderful human being but this the idea that we should take the life of our unborn daughter in order to spare her any possible pain resulting from what they called an undesirable outcome we did not hear the words incompatible with life we heard undesirable outcome and as we left i remember thinking that the hospital we were at emmanuel seemed like a funny name for a place that would take the life of a child god with us emmanuel and yet we were being told that our daughter, who was due right around Christmas time, was better off dead. We chose life for our daughter that day. We chose to endure with her whatever diagnosis she would receive after she was born. We chose to put our, under, uh, our unborn daughter, or rather I, a better word is to keep her in the palm of the hand of God, because her life belonged to him. God is the author of life. God is the one who gives life and takes away. The Bible teaches us you give and take away. But I got to tell you guys, it wasn't easy. I was filled that day with fear, filled with frustration. I remember leaving Emmanuel Hospital with my husband and just going down to the first parking lot that we could find that didn't feel like it was filled with people and just sobbing in the parking lot trying to figure out what our lives might look like and whether or not our daughter was going to struggle her whole life. But you know what? It didn't change. It didn't change the fact that we loved her deeply. It didn't change the fact that God had given her to us as her parents And we had some really precious friends who walked us through this time and advised us that in the middle of our struggle, that we should be thanking God for the trial because the Bible is true. In James chapter one, we read that we should be thanking God because our trials produce in us perseverance and everything that we encounter in our lives, men and women, no matter what happens in 2024, everything that you will encounter in your life, God has allowed and God wants to use. For your good, the Bible says, but also for his glory. And we began to pray, we thanked God for for Sierra's life. We thanked him that he understood that we would have that we would receive this diagnosis and we asked him to turn the diagnosis around. We asked him to bless our child regardless of her physical disabilities, regardless of her, struggles that she might be coming into the world with. And four months later, this tiny but fierce little baby made her way into the world in a room full of neonatal nurses and heart specialists without so much as a heart murmur. There was no hole in her heart. Her legs were fine. Her bones were strong. The physicians were astounded because by the world's measurement, our daughter's diagnosis was already set. It was already done. They were ready to receive a sick child on that cold December afternoon, but the opposite occurred. Our daughter was born to us perfectly healthy. God can change things. Hey guys, I know it's hard to find books worth reading to our kids these days as the woke indoctrination folks are working really hard to deceive our kids. We know that focusing on intentional family time, teaching our kids truth and traditional values, cultivating healthy family habits, that's how you build a strong family. Well, Brave Books is writing books that teach faith-based values like the sanctity of life, discernment, or perseverance. And you can subscribe and receive a brand new read aloud book each month with corresponding family activities. Guys, these are high quality picture books for children and I promise your kids are gonna love them. Go to bravebooks.com right now and use the promo code Heidi for 20% off your Brave Books family subscription. In Psalm 112, verse seven, it says this, he is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm. He's trusting in the Lord. And a little more than a decade later, Jay and I found ourselves going in for another ultrasound. This time, Jay had to go to work, and so I went by myself. And this time, there was no reprieve from the sorrowful news that we received that day. This baby who we had loved and prayed for had passed into heaven just a few days earlier, unbeknownst to me. And so I went to an ultrasound to watch images of an unborn baby kicking and hiccuping and turning and moving. And instead, we saw stillness. Though it's hard to understand, and this is what I think is so important that we wrap our heads around, though it's hard to understand, the Bible teaches us that sometimes God who loves us beyond our imagining. He loved us so much that he sent his son into the world. He loves you. Sometimes this God allows us to be tested. Sometimes so severely tested that if our hearts are not grounded in our relationship with the one who made us, if we don't know his word, we can begin to falter. The Bible teaches us over and over again that we will face trials. The disciples face some of the most severe trials. This is why I I so strongly disagree with people who believe that they can just speak the words and we can avoid the suffering that sin has imposed upon this world. Job was tested. The disciples were tested. Jesus himself was tested. Trials are part of God's design. And yet in James 1.16, it says this, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Why? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. If there's anything that we need as we head into 2024, it is a steadfastness. Verse four, let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect. And complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, not with doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. The Bible tells us that the promise of the testing of our faith is that we will receive steadfastness perseverance. I was, uh, you know, we've been sort of cleaning up our house and uh, hitting, sort of hitting the reset button. I'm the girl who likes to keep my, I switch out my Christmas lights for like white twinkly lights to sort of just get us through the dark winter months. And uh, I still just love this time of year. I'm really looking forward to colder weather and snow and all the things. And I was thinking as I was cleaning and 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 trying to just set my heart For the season of winter, that we also need to set our hearts for whatever season that God would have us in. It may be a season of abundance. It may be a season of trial, but we know that God will be in it. The Bible says that we will lack nothing if we can trust God through the trial. We'll lack nothing. So how should we ask God for what we need? He says, ask it to him, ask it of him rather, without doubt. So full of faith, knowing that God is the healer. Sometimes God answers the prayer in the way that we ask and sometimes he doesn't. The same God that turned Sierra's devastating diagnosis around and gave her to us whole, also allowed for our other child not to be born into our family as we had hoped and prayed for. But his heart toward us is good. And as I've been studying the book of Esther, it occurred to me again that we get to choose. Esther got to choose. Mordecai got to choose. Their decision to choose faithfulness to God saved a nation. And it serves as an example to us even today. And I want you to think about this as we head into a brand new year because there will no doubt be things that come up in this year that will test us beyond our imagining. There will be things that will bring incredible joy and things that will bring sorrow. But Isaiah 41.10 says that we shouldn't fear, that we should hang on to God. Do not fear, it says, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That is God. His heart toward you is always, ever, only good. So if there's something that you're struggling with right now, something that you can't wrap your head around, something that you're trying to desperately to understand why, God, did you allow this to happen? Remember that God understands and that he is with you. And this life, according to God's word, is just a vapor. One of these days, very soon, we're going home. And I about you men and women, I'm living for that day. As I read the the headlines in the news, I watch what's happening on social media, on TikTok and other platforms. It's very evident to me that we live in a broken world and the pain of living in this broken world, the mental illness that is all around us, transgenderism, uh, absolutely a sign of mental and spiritual illness, the fact that we are allowing ourselves now to just sort of fall into this lackadaisical approach to reality tells me that we are living in a broken world. But we just remembered at Christmas time that God entered into our suffering. God did that in order to give us a chance to receive the opposite of what we deserve. He loves you. He loves you. Do your kids know how much he loves them? Do you know how much he loves you? As we enter into a brand new year, set your heart and your mind on that. You have a creator who determined that this was the time, just like Esther was born for her time in human history, you have been born for your time. This is your time. It's your time to shine, your time to know the Lord, your time to get to know the one who made you. God is gonna be the source of our courage in 2024 just as he was the source of Esther's courage, just as he helped Mordecai do what was right for the people. God wants us to do this. Joshua 1 verse 9 says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Don't be frightened, don't be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you where wherever you go. What an incredible time to be alive. What an incredible time to serve the Lord. Just as God was with Esther as she faced a terrifying situation, God is going to be with us no matter what happens. He does not command us to be courageous in our own strength. He says, Be courageous in my strength. See, it's not your strength, it's not inside of you that needs to be addressed. It's what is available to you through the power of God. We take courage in the knowledge that his presence is power. Around us, with us, in us, God said, "I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you." So we get to cry out to the Lord. If you guys get an opportunity today to read Psalm ninety-one, I hope that you will. What an incredible way uh, to end! Come to the end of the of this year to read that. I was uh, just reading it the other day, and it just encouraged me so much. The first part of it says, "Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow." Of the Almighty, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. We do not trust in human wisdom. The Bible teaches us some may trust in horses and some may trust in chariots, but we don't. We trust in the name of the Lord. And so, if you get that diagnosis, I I, I think back every once in a while to the diagnosis that we received, to the doctors who pressured us to take the life of our unborn daughter. And we chose to trust the Lord, and there is a blessing in that. There is a blessing that is found in trusting the Lord, in knowing that God is working all things together for our good. Romans 8, 28, and I'll end on this today, says, We know that in all things, God works together for good for those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. If you're listening to this today, you who know the Lord, who have received him as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says you've been redeemed and set apart and you have been called according to his purpose. And God is working all things together for good. How many things does he say he's working? All things, all things. One of these days, we're gonna stand before the Lord and we're gonna give an account for the way that we lived our lives. We're gonna give an account to the one who made us, the one who gave us breath and life, the one who loves us and sent his son to die for us. God arranges things for our good, even when we don't see him at work. I hope you guys will join me for the study in the book of Esther. I think it's going to encourage you to lean into God's plan for your life in 2024. And we're going to talk about all the things that God arranged in the story of Esther. So even though we don't see his name mentioned, God was at work and we can praise his name for it. Psalm 103. this is God's heart for you. And as we lean in in 2024, as we come into the weekend and we get the opportunity to reflect, and I hope that you will, I hope you'll sit sit, uh, down, take some time with the Lord, reflect on where you've been and where God wants you to go. Good things are coming. How do we know? Because the Bible says that God, the creator of your life and the lover of your soul is working all things together you're good. You guys, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, I've been blessed to share 2024 with you. Thank you for leaving reviews for the show. Thank you for writing into me. I love to hear from you. Thank you for subscribing. If you don't like the Spotify commercials, the best way to get rid of them is to become a subscriber to the Heidi St. John podcast. And then we try to get uh, extra information out to you from time to time as well. But we want you to know we're praying for you. We're in your corner. We're rooting for you. God has good things for you in 2024. So pray his name. Spend some time with him this weekend. Love your people well. And I will see you right back here again in the new year at the intersection of faith and culture.